Episode 39 of the Pause Up Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Barra, and I'm here with Jake Gibson, Jonathan Mayer. We're doing a little FIU Athletics Roundup today, kind of talking about every, almost every sport, basically. FIU football season in review, going through some transfer portal news. I mean, not only around FIU, we could talk in general. Then we'll talk FIU basketball and a little baseball, because at the end of this podcast, we have a little sneak peek with one of the players. So, Jake, Johnny, how we doing? Uh, football season's over. Season preview... Uh, Game previews are over, halftime show is over, post-game over, no more recaps, none of that stuff. Get a little Man. couple weeks off, and then um, December 20th coming very soon, which is signing day. Man, uh, it it I I loved uh, our coverage of football, right? But not having to do the uh, the, the pre-games, po- halftime, post-game, it does feel like there's a little bit of a burden lifted off our backs, you know? But, um, no, it was awesome to cover a whole season. Of of the uh, football team, of course, things really didn't go to the didn't go the Panthers' way down the stretch, but there were still a lot of great moments this season that we that we were there to see and we got to report about, and it, it was just cool, man. Um, and, and and like you said, signing day is only only a few weeks away. You know, college football never dies in the year. There's always something to be said about college football, regardless of if they're playing or not. You know, it, it, it's one of those year round things. You know, maybe even more than the NFL. Johnny, how we doing? Yeah, yeah. you've got um. Your seasons ended, I believe. Soccer, both soccer's are over. Mm-hmm. Now you're stuck with a little swim and dive here and there. And uh, baseball's on the horizon, though. That should be fun. Yeah, baseball, excited for couple. You no, know, we got some schedule release news coming soon. That should be fun to have out. And yeah, swim and dive, obviously, a prominent program here at FIE. They got their, some meets coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, so that's my focus right now. But yeah, obviously, soccer, they had some good seasons. And then as you talk about football, it was great being able to be part of helping out. You know, I, I did a lot of record, record, record searching over the course of the season, whether I think Kiwan got the rushing touchdown for a freshman, Chris Mitchell, obviously, who we'll talk about a little later on and what he was able to do this past Saturday and breaking the, um, the record. But you know, from perspective, obviously a tough season. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to repeat the same record you had in, for the first two seasons, four and eight, and that's what the Panthers did. But um, you know, now you got you got to move forward. You got now replenish what you have. Um, it's, this is a huge period when you look at Monday with the transfer portal opening. So Panthers got to adjust quickly on the fly. You got signing day coming up, and then when once January hits, we're looking on to next season. So it's gonna it's gonna move pretty fast getting to twenty twenty four. Yeah, and then you have those doubleheader days with baseball and basketball on the same day. So it's going to be fun, but it's going to be yeah. a lot for us, and we're going to continue to provide you guys all of um, all the coverage needed. Maybe Jake and I will have to do double duty, one at baseball, one at basketball. So That's we'll going to be interesting. It's going to be fun, though. It's going to be <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, all right, let's talk a little football. Um, definitely tough season for the Panthers. Johnny mentioned it. Repeating the same record as last season, four and eight uh, overall. And they ended up going one in seven in the conference, which was worse than 2022. So let's kind of just recap real quick. FIU began to seize it against uh, Louisiana Tech. They had the lead for almost the whole entirety of that game. They ended up losing 22 to 17. FIU then goes on a big three-game winning streak against FCS Maine, North Texas, and UConn. All three end up being wins. We'll talk quickly about UConn in a bit because there's uh, two names I want to throw out there. And then FIU goes on a big three-game losing streak losing to Liberty, New Mexico State, and UTEP, two of those three games, which FIU was either tied in or they were favored to win, and that was the UTEP game, I believe. And then FIU gets a big win in their final win of the 2023 season against uh, Sam Houston State, falling into the same situation they were in in 2022, 4-4, four and four, going into this final four-game stretch. 
Just need to win two to make a bowl game. FIU was unable to do that as they dropped the next four games of the season against Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee, Arkansas, Western Kentucky. Out of all those games, three of those games ended up being 21-0 deficits in the first quarter of the game. FIU unable to mount any sort of comeback. Um, they only scored 20 points. One, two, three, four. No, one, two, three, uh, four, and five, five times this season. So Jesus. aside from that, they gave up over 30 points. One, two, three, for three straight games, four straight games, five straight. Uh, no, not five straight. Uh, I think there's just four points of 30 points or more because <laughs> then there's a 39-point game with North Texas. So, yeah, FIU put up a you know uh, mad performance. Obviously, Grayson was benched after week one, after week zero. Key one took the reins from there on out. Grayson only made one more appearance. Now him and Chris Mitchell are both in the transfer portal, but that is a conversation for a little bit later. But uh, Jake, just overall thoughts, kind of just gave you the full recap of this season, kind of felt, you know, I, I've said the word what if a couple times, but you also have to talk about this pretty much a mirror season of what we saw in 2022. And obviously the, the conference record could have been better given the teams they yeah. faced. They were actually favored against, I believe, Middle Tennessee. That may have been one of the only games all season. And, and UTEP as well on Vice Night of them. If I'm I believe game. that one as well. And I think Sam Houston as well. So yeah. I thought you had their, their you know, their, here, their here's and theirs with favored, not too much in most games. But um, at the start of the season, if you were betting FIU, you were making some money. So yeah, uh, Jake, overall thoughts on the year. Obviously, Vice Night, you're wearing the jersey right now. There's a lot of cool mm-hmm. jerseys which is some, something positive we could talk about. A lot of exposure, ESPN2, a lot of CBS Sports Network, ESPNU. A lot to take away from this season. A lot of good and a lot of bad. Yeah. How funny is it in retrospect that so, – so usually teams put up match-up homecoming opponents based on like some – like usually FCS teams or teams they feel confident they're going to beat. How crazy is it in retrospect that FIU set up their homecoming game to be against the Liberty Flames, like the, the best team in the conference bar none, and, and we know that now. We didn't exactly know that then. We knew they were going to be a good team. We didn't know they were going to be the best team in the conference, bar none. But, yeah, you, you mentioned it earlier. It a, a mirror season in all the wrong ways, right? Ending the season just as poorly. And and not to mention, the, the last four games of this season, when all, all aspects of this team needed to play their best, how many points did they give up? 41 against Jacksonville, 40 against Middle Tennessee, 44 against Arkansas and 41 against Western Kentucky. You give up 40 points in four straight games to close out the season. Of course, you're going to go winless, man. You just don't have that that high-powered offense to put up those numbers just yet, especially with a true freshman quarterback in Kiwan Jenkins. Now, uh, I get that Jenkins was actually benched a couple of times this season, but I think overall, I think he's, he's thrown 11 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, uh, like on the dock, yeah, I want to say. So, we'll confirm, but I believe so. A mixed bag of results, but I think overall, given the uh, the sudden decision that McIntyre made following that um, LaTeX game, where Grayson James only threw like five passing yards, eleven to 11, have yeah. him. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Eleven touchdowns, eleven interceptions. The eleven interceptions tying him with, funny enough, Austin Austin Reed for most interceptions in CUSA. So. He, he, he was put in, in, in a strange spot. You're asking a true freshman to take the realms after uh, just, just one game, a week zero game, by the way. And, yeah, overall, 
very mixed results for Jenkins, but I do think this is a quarterback you, that you can absolutely grow, and he can grow into a, a bona fide passer and, and a scary rusher, man. So long as you put a very a very successful and, and, and durable offensive line around him, because, of course, we saw that towards the latter end of the season, all the offensive line woes, woes that this team has suffered. Of course, you have the, the um, suspended player. Uh, you have the injured players. The, there were a lot of reasons on and off the field that the offensive line sort of regressed as the season went on. And um, so I, I would say maybe that would be the biggest part of, of this team that FIU needs to sort of look into or in regards to the transfer portal as well as signings. There's a lot of parts that this team needs to look into. But you give you give a, a guy like Jenkins a great offensive line that gives him time in the pocket, he can absolutely throw darts all over the field. And he can absolutely, if he has to scramble, he can because we've seen that before. So – it started off so great, right? After that UConn win, we were all so hyped. We had our concerns, right? But you, you know, you, uh, uh, Johnny, myself, we were all like, "Oh man, we're 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 four and one, man. We could have been five and zero, oh, but we're four and one. This season is looking, season's looking mighty m- mighty fine." But it just, you know, it didn't go that way. FIU really needed to, to uh, keep keep in touch with all the new additions to Conference USA, and with the exception of Sam Houston State, they just didn't do that. So. It's disappointing. Um, I don't think there's any really any way to put it. You wanted to, if not six and six, you wanted you wanted to see them go five and seven just to say, okay, they they did one, they at least won one more game than last year, but they didn't do that as well. So, yeah, I think I think he, it, you would have to have a hell of a of a thesis to say that this season was not disappointing. Johnny, thoughts? You know, Take I, us think the podcast. I can't you're, wait you're to hear this. Guy. You're yeah, you know, I think I was, we were all excited. Like, I think the one game for me that stood out was the North Texas win. We were one on one, and we that was we, a great win. And you know, North Texas. Let me check the North Texas record just so I can confirm. How they were not very good. Let's just. I, I think I think the same record as us. They were uh, five and seven. I think five and seven. Let me make sure how they finished. I believe uh, five and seven. They were three and five in their conference in America. Okay. okay, so with that, you look at how we played them. We played them like we had a great second half. You see, Kiwan, he's he's throwing darts and. You're like, okay, I think we got something here. We're three and one. And then I think kind of think for me, I just, you know, you saw how much the depth took a took a hit. You know, you think offensive line, you you saw the starting offensive line from week zero with La Tech, and you look at how it ended with, you know, in the final game where it was a completely different story. I just think that the depth took a hit. Um, but you know, we've talked about the positives. I think for me is look. It's your four and eight, but what you can say is you can build upon it because you have a young quarterback, Keewan Jenkins, who really he he had to learn a lot. He had a lot of highs and lows, peaks and valleys. You know, you think about how he started out really strong. He had a you know a bit of a, a stretch where he struggled. Um, and, but I think next year you, you say, hey, we have a guy who we can build around, and you want to see him improve, and especially with a you know you know much more you know O line that has more depth and has more structure which I think you know we'll probably see improvements coming to the offseason and then the big thing was having a guy like Chris Mitchell who we were expecting to be a big part of the offense and what do you know the guy was it 60 catches 1118 yards he was more than what FIU expected his speed shines um you know you saw the Panthers defense secondary had some good moments early just couldn't get it as the season went on but for me I just I was excited about the youth of this team and but I just think the depth took a hit offensively for the Panthers and it was hard to sustain it down the stretch and you know you don't want to see a four and eight season again you know it's tough to have that but I think for the Panthers you know you got to retool once again um, 
And, and I think the, the, the positive, positive you have is you have a guy and a quarterback who you feel excited about having, um, you know, coming into 2024 with Kevon as, as the guy. Yeah, uh, definitely. There's a lot to take away from what Kiwan did. I mean, just look at the start. That first, that second, yeah, I would, yeah, the first game against Maine. You know, <clears throat> one of the things that was talked about him is how mature he is for his age and yeah. how he feels like how it feels like he's been in this. His he's been in college football for such a long time and making winning plays. He's ne- he had never lost throughout his high school career. He never lost a game. Until joining FIU. Undefeated. Never lost. We'll talk about another quarterback that was an absolute stud later on because I do want to bring him up. But we'll talk about Kiwan right now. And this guy's actually pretty good friends with Kiwan. But anyways, Kiwan calls an audible on that first play, on on that one of those first drives to Chris Mitchell, changes up the play, and he gets the touchdown. That tells you right there the kind of guy that Kiwan is. When we spoke to him after – maybe. When he spoke – when we spoke to Kiwan after that game, it was just such – good analysis that he gave us and, and, and i'm very excited to see what he does obviously he had a very nice season for the most part no one had this on their bingo cards had no one had kiwan jenkins making 11 starts for fiu on their bingo cards at all but um it came it happened and um he's he showed a lot i mean for a true freshman obviously he made his mistakes a lot of bad decision making for the most at some points i mean those 11 interceptions i believe you can make the case that all 11 of those were just straight up bad decisions obviously you can't do much about the one against Arkansas. That was yeah. That was something I'd never seen in my life. But aside from that, um, he was pretty good. I mean, he he showed that he could be a good dual threat quarterback as well. He ran for I want to say, well, wait a minute. I want to find this rushing. Here we go. Fifty yards on the season, six touchdowns. Obviously, as Johnny mentioned, the most by an FIU quarterback in a single season, six rushing touchdowns for him. So there's a lot to take away, and let's quickly just dive into the defense. I mean. This is a defensive unit that got off to a great start in 2020 in 2023. I mean, you look at those first four games of the season, including that Louisiana Tech game, they were able to keep the Bulldogs basically down. They were shutting them down, shutting them down. They were not letting them do anything. It was three and out after three and out. And this was with a healthy Hank Bachmeyer, a, health, a fully healthy Louisiana Tech team. And there's a lot to take away from that. CJ Christian had himself one hell of a year. A lot to take away from there. Hezekiah Masses had that pick six really early on against North Texas. Shout out to them. He had a very nice year as well. And then yeah. Reggie Peterson, Donovan Manuel, just make history for FIU. That's going to be a tandem that will be one of the best to ever do it for this team. I mean, for this program, honestly. And Reggie still has another year left for him, I believe. I think he's one more year after this. So yeah, after in 2024, and he is set to be the guy on this defense. He he had three stake three straight games. Those last three games of the season, he was the leading to- leader in total tackles. I think three out of the four, three out of two out of those three games were him. Back to back games where he he matched his career high of thirteen total tackles, and <clears throat> he's bound to be real good, man. I- I'm very excited for what he could bring. He's a very good leader, and uh, unfortunately, you won't have Jack Daly next season. He he was honored at Senior Day. I mean, mm-hmm. nose tackle, nose guard. That was exactly what FIU needed after losing someone like Devon Strickland, who, you know, was good at it, but he wasn't Jack Daly. Jack Daly brought, you know, he was, he, I he, mean, was a, he was a perfect fit for this 3-4 defense. Really perfect. Put him right in the middle, lining him up with the center. He made it, it happen. He got, hey, he made that final play, I believe. Yeah, Sam Houston game. game. He was the winner. Yeah, he made that final play. So, yeah, shout out to Jack Daly. That's a name who really has not been mentioned very much. He was healthy throughout the whole season as well. Jordan Garrod made a good impact for this team. 
there's a lot to take away from this FIU team. There's a lot of good. The special teams unit continued to be one of the better, one of the best in conference USA. Dayton Montiel, another great season for him. Chase Gabriel basically was uh, did not miss until the very, very end where he was dealing with a groin injury. So it's good to see that, you know, he, he'll be healthy. We don't know what his status is. We've spoken to him very early on. So we don't know if he's coming back or not, but we know uh, Lucas Matias isn't coming back. He officially grad. He's gone. Chris Mitchell, we'll talk about him in a little second there, but Johnny Jake, anything else to really dive away from this FIU team from what really felt like a what if season? You look at that schedule, and there's so many yeah. games that you felt this could we could be right now doing the bowl game preview. We could do we could be doing a live stream, waiting to see who FIU is going to play, and God knows what bowl. So cool, man! That would have been so cool. And I would have made the trip 100. percent Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, Wherever it is. Boca Bowl would have been nice, you know. It's just you would, just would have driven up to Boca, you know. But um, I mean, it's tough. You know, we we had mentioned this during the um, uh, the basketball game last night. But the wallpaper on your uh, computer, who's on it? it, it it's Chris, Chris Mitchell, Mitchell the very Donovan Manuel. All three are gone. And all of, all of them are gone, man. Some of the best players we've seen from this FIU squad, and and the record the record breakers. You know, you got Chris Mitchell. Most receiving yards in a season ever. And then you have Donovan Manuel, most forced fumbles in a season ever. And and those players are gone, right? Um, and of course, best of luck to Donovan Manuel, by the way, in the draft. We hope he uh 305. You know, couple more that are coming soon. I, I, I believe there's that. a couple more coming soon. I won't say who. Yeah, for sure. So it's disappointing that you got to see all this potential. And just like that, it's gone. It's and you have to regroup, you have to look to the transfer portal, which I'm guessing we'll get into. In a sec. I'm very excited. Yeah, you, have to look, you have to look into just other talent in the South Florida area. Which granted, there is a lot. There is a lot of South Florida talent. But as always, you have to compete with the stupid team in orange and green to get the best players. And and I, I still think that FIU lucked out with Jenkins getting Jenkins. I think he's going to be a great fit for this FIU team for a while. So there is definitely some positives. By the way, we we know we don't know who FIU is playing next season with, with the exception of Indiana. Tough Indiana, uh, they'll kick Central off Michigan, Michigan, Indiana. Then I believe it's Central Michigan. The Chippewas, who FIU played a couple years ago. Yep, and then, and then FAU in Boca. The Shula Bulls back, baby. That's something to get hyped about, right? I so, will. We will all be there. We will all be there. We will all be. There. I'm excited so, for the non-con. Well, we got we got Indiana. They got a new head coach today. Indiana, um, and, and we are due to beat Central Michigan. The last time we played the Chippewas, we were like up by like. Ah, uh, yeah. Don't talk about that game. They rallied back and then they, they lost. Is that what? What year was that? That was 2021. We uh we blew a lead. We blew like a we blew, FIU blew a massive lead. 17 point lead. Is that here? Yeah, that is here. That is in. That is I'm excited for the Indiana game. I, I want to go to Bloomington. That's something I'm hoping to go to. I want to go to Boca, and it's going to be fun. We're all going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Boca and Bloomington, Indiana. And, and so... this is, you know, this goes to say just how difficult FIU wants to make their non-cons, and we'll talk about basketball in a bit because that's respectable. That's because holy crap, they've gotten off to a very tough start, and we'll talk about it in a bit. But they want to go against tough teams. FIU is preparing themselves basketball. You look at baseball, and you know Johnny mentioned schedules. We'll mention that, and we'll, we I won't name any of the opponents. We know they're going up against Miami, so we'll use that as the example. Tough knock yeah. on, so tough midweek. Honestly, I mean that's how you have to look at it. They're these, hey man, Scott Carr is setting up some very tough games for these teams, and it obviously gets them prepared for the Conference USA slate or AAC slate in this case for soccer. And 
I guess winning. But in order to in order to beat the best, in order to be the best, you have to beat the best, and you have to match up against the best to do that, man. And again, with Arkansas, you got a pretty nice paycheck out of it, you know. So nothing too bad to take away. Not to mention, it's likely FIU is going to take on the new Conference USA team coming next season in Kennesaw State. So uh, Kennesaw State, I checked, did not have a really great season this year, and and we'll see if they. Uh, or more like Sam Houston State than than uh, Jacksonville State, you know, in, in terms of how they perform. So, a lot of new faces. There's there's always look. There's always going to be hype for a new FIU football season. There always will be, and we'll be there to cover it. So, it was fun, right? This season was fun. Um, I still think about that. <laughs> the opening to the post game show after the Sam Houston State game with, with Kevin and I. Well, that was like at, that was like eleven thirty or so. We were tired, but we were hyped, and just the way that started was was that's still probably my favorite memory from this season, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean that was definitely one of the high points of. Sorry, I, I got I'm sorry you weren't there. He was. I, he I was watching. I watched he was in spirit. spirit. In spirit, I, I was watching in spirit. By the way, so yeah. I was. I saw it. Yeah. Scott Carr was there. That was a cool. cool <laughs> Johnny was with John. I was watching with Johnny that day. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a crazy day, but yeah. Uh, I guess last thing we'll do here, and I think we're all gonna have the same answer, but. Um, let's do this. Obviously, we're all going to say Chris Mitchell and Donovan Manuel would be our offensive and defensive MVPs. Let's do offense and defensive MVPs. Obviously, right now, let's make it very clear. All of us are choosing – will choose Chris and Donovan, correct? Yes. Johnny? Or MVP, yeah, for sure. Okay. We love you, Chris and Donovan, but let's choose different players. Okay. Just, uh, I know, bet. You know, have some variety out here. Yeah. We know Chris and Donovan are guys, but let's choose MVP two and uh, on both teams on both sides. Uh, Johnny, go for it. But that are that are not Chris and Donovan. That are not Chris and Donovan. We love Chris and Donovan. They're obviously our MVPs, but we got to um, go with uh, different choices sometimes. Hold on, let me let me get let me get the football stat up so I can base my opinion on for def for offense. I'm gonna go. I mean, I'll go say I'll say I'll I'll say I'll say. I'll say lights I'll go running back. I'll Oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go um I'll go I'll go Kevon Jenkins. I think that's okay. what else was gonna say. I'll say Kevon. Okay. Obviously, he made some strides. What's the nickname, Johnny? Huh? What's his like nickname? Lights out. Lights out! Lights out! Should, I should have for that. You fell for that one, bud. I, I, like, I couldn't have done that any better. That was that was a good one. That was. Good I should have been like likes out and then or cut it, whatever. Um, I wonder what Coach Mack is going to do for the uh, for the con for that conference. Is he going to go? Um, actually, never mind. We can't say that on the pod. Well, besides Johnny the point, knows Johnny, I think Johnny knows. Yeah. Besides the point, Kiwan obviously made some strides in his freshman year. Six rushing touchdowns or 17 total touchdown passes or 17 total touchdowns. Six of them rushing. 11 of them were passing uh, through for over 2,000 yards, 2,400 yards. Um, you know, he had some he had some games where he struggled, but he had some games where he showed us he can play down the stretch. I think of the same Houston game where he led us to come back. You know, that, what was it? It was what was it? It was fourth down and 18. He had the rushing play to help get us overtime and win the game. Think of that. I just think the North Texas game. Made some big plays. Um, I'm excited to see the future of Rakiwan. He's a Miami guy, and uh, um, I enjoyed enjoyed some of the, the games that he had and was able to, to carry us to some victories. Yeah. Who was your defensive player? Ooh, defense. Yeah. Um, we said. Ooh. I, I think I'll, we're all gonna go with the with the same exact player. I'm gonna go Reggie. I have to yeah. go Reggie. Oh, I thought Reggie it was gonna Peters. be creative. Ugh. Uh, 
Reggie Peterson, yeah, though, I mean, dude had an unbelievable year. Over 100 tackles, an no, interception he that he should have took for pick six. I mean, he he will get, get, get it next year. I'm calling it. He'll get he'll it against get FAU. He's gonna shush the crowd. <laughs> but every, but it feels like for, for Reggie every he, every year he got better. Um and, and and Reggie and Donovan were were an awesome duo. I I saw the stat. I we confirmed it. They're the first duo since 2016 to have over 100 tackles individually in a season. So they really shined and. Uh, I'm yeah, glad it, ball it out. would have been last season had Donovan amounted to 20, but he was he was really close. But. Yeah, but um, either way, I was I was happy for Reggie and great to see how he balled out this yeah. year. But uh, yeah, Reggie. Yeah, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that is said about FIU, I'm sorry to cut you off, Johnny. It's been the depth they have at linebacker. I mean, Ethan Bernadell, Donovan Manuel, last year that was a very good duo. That was very close to getting the record Johnny just mentioned. And they could have done it in back-to-back seasons had Donovan gotten the 100 tackles. And then now you have Reggie Peterson and Donovan Manuel. Next season, you have Reggie Peterson and blank. We'll see who's that blank, but I'm pretty confident it's going to be someone really good and someone that's going to make a name for themselves at that linebacker position. Go for it, Jake. Oh, damn it. I got to go Reggie for defense as well. Uh, All right, then I'll I'll go a different player. Okay. For offense, uh, I'll go with Shamari. Um, Granted, Shamari was put in a difficult position because we all expected RB1 to be flex, and then, of course, flex got injured prior to the season. So uh, Shamari, I think, handled the uh, running back one sort of position pretty well. Um, There were some games where the rushing attack as a whole uh, did not perform well, and that's because there were a lot of good rushing defenses in Conference USA, man. Like, every other team has a great rushing defense. But he he absolutely had some big plays, man. Uh, Four touchdowns as well. That's not bad. I feel like the duo of Lawrence and Owens together would be like a, uh, would be a, a solid, uh, an underrated duo, I'll say. And when you add Flex back to that mix next season, hopefully that it'll be interesting to see how the how FIU's running game improves. But as always, shout out to Chase Gabriel, the dog. Chase Gabriel, yeah, man, he should be the the MVP. He should just be the MVP. Period. You know, Chase Gabriel, he's that guy, bro. He's that guy. I mean, all I think about for Chase, if he got that touchdown, if he got that touchdown run, Dude, that would have been, been legendary. You would have been on the podcast the next week. I'm just letting you know. The day after. Yeah, that would have been something. All right. So my my offensive player is going to be Keyjon Owens. Okay. No one expected Keyjon Owens to have the season he had, and obviously a big reason solid. why. Yeah, he was really good. And a big and, and I'm going to try to find his stats. Let me do that real quick while I – Throw around here because I I do believe he had a hundred yard rushing game at least once on the year and I was the North Texas game, the first one he played that year and I believe he had three touchdowns. Yes, I I stand corrected. He had a very good game against um New Mexico New Mexico State. Then he had a really nice one against Sam Houston and um Arkansas where he started doing that Wildcat offense, um, which I'm very interested interested to see if they do it next year. Something to definitely keep an eye out on. But man, I mean, as a Miami Central guy. Very big time school, and we'll talk about another big school in a bit. I keep I keep mentioning that because I, I'm very excited to talk about the transfer. You may as well just get to it now, Kevin. You're you're like holding it in, bro. Hold just, up, man. My defensive pick. I'm very excited to mention my defense. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But yeah, I'll, I'll go with Keijan as my MVP for for uh, my MVP two, my MVP two for the defensive side. No one has mentioned this man's name. Brian Blades had himself oh, very good, good season. Pick. Good Brian pick. Blades was really goddamn good and there's no other way to say it. He he was he was leading the conference at one point in passes deflected. 
this man was going down through injuries and injuries and injuries until this season he was able to play play a full 12 games i'll give him a lot of credit i'll give cj christian again a, a co-mvp at this point he led the conference in, in interceptions i believe he was very close to doing it either either at one point he did lead which i know he did and at some point he was very close and unfortunately he did have to deal with some injury this year but not as bad as the torn labrum last season so i'll give him in and um and brian blades the mvp honors hopefully two guys that i hope they stay brian blades if he has another good year definitely should maybe test the waters and that's what we're going to talk about right now the transfer portal unless jake johnny any final thoughts man well yeah we we, we talked about it enough quite a bit i just I, i'm dying to know this this player and this team that you keep bringing up i mentioned them the other day, but dying, anyways right the the, the so let's talk about the transfer portal. Um, yeah, let's just get into that, man. This yeah, let's just get into it because I, I do think this is going to be a pretty long conversation for the most part. Uh, the transfer portal has, you know, we always see it, and it definitely affects teams. At the moment, it has affected FIU heavily. Um, so uh, Chris Mitchell, Grayson James, they're the first two to enter the portal at the moment. So only two that we actually know of at the moment. So, um, yeah, those are the first two to go in there. Um Johnny Grayson was one of the nicest guys. He was on the podcast with you and Jake. Uh, such a good guy. He, he absolute pros pro. Uh, just take me through Grayson's time here. He, and you too, Jake, because I know you were here for most of it. So yeah. if you want to go first and then Johnny. Grayson, I mean, he was he was a quarterback I saw quite a bit as a student. He had some really great games for this FIU team, but I feel like most of the media, most of like the online they really only take away his game against La Tech, which I think is absolutely a disservice to Grayson because he has had some legendary games as a Panther man. Um, he, he was a great quarterback. He had longevity, which is something that, of course, you you can only ask for um, uh, with, with quarterbacks in college football, man. So um, I wish I wish him the best of luck. I uh, I hope he finds great home. I really hope he doesn't stay in Conference USA. I wouldn't want to have to play against him, you know. And I know there are a couple of Conference USA teams that are looking for a new quarterback to add to their team. So uh, wh wherever he goes, he, he may he may head back to uh, join some Texas teams because that's where he is from. As uh, John, John, I'm sure you remember that giant Texas flag in his dorm when we talked to him, man. That was uh, – he's a Texan, man. So uh, best of luck to him, and uh, I know he's going to find success wherever he goes. Not only success, but he's definitely going to find himself as a starting quarterback. He's definitely shown that he is capable of being a starting quarterback at the G5 level, at the FBS level, and he's done it for – 11. He did it for a very long time for FIU this past season uh, in 2022. He had a lot of success, and uh, yeah, he, he's one of the nicest guys. He was an absolute pro, you know, after leading this team to four wins uh, combined. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm wishing him nothing but the best. Johnny, anything, you know, you want to mention? No, I would agree. I mean, obviously, Grayson had a, a really, really promising season last year, um, and coming into this year was a starter, and obviously – not, not the way he wanted things to go, but, you know, a pro's pro, a really, really nice dude, um, a positive guy. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll second what you guys said. I hope the best for him and then, you know, where he goes and moves on. But um, a pleasure to, you know, to cover him and chat with him these past couple of seasons. Just a really, really nice guy. We you know him. He's, you know, down to earth. And you you want that for, for the athletes and get to know people. And uh, it was, you know, cool to, to, to talk with him and stuff. But, um. Yeah, just good luck. Good luck to Grayson um, and where, where he ends up going um, in the future. 
than the expected one, Chris Mitchell, and also decides to enter the transfer portal. I know John is a little shocked. We'll get into that in a sec because Chris Mitchell did speak to the media leading up to that game against Western. He, he really, it looked like he wasn't sure. He obviously, his intentions are to go to the NFL at some point in his career, and that'll be 2025, uh, depending on how his season goes. Obviously, he saw um, Tyrese Chambers as his teammate and pretty good friend go to the SC, go to Maryland. I believe they're, what, Big Ten? Uh, yeah. Big yeah. 10, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Maryland, doesn't find too much success, um, and uh, he struggles and ends up uh, leaving the program, and he's now entering the NFL draft. So we'll see what happens there for Tyrese. We wish him nothing but the best. He was an absolute baller here at FIU. But uh, Chris Mitchell will be a graduate transfer. He has one more season of eligibility. I can tell you, per sources, he's already gotten interest from Florida teams. He has interest from Arkansas. So um, that's what I'm hearing, at least. He balled out for FIU, becoming FIU's um, receiving yard leader in a single season. He surpassed his buddy Tyrese Chambers and legend T.Y. Hilton for that record. And this guy put up almost 40 pounds of weight, you know, as he goes into, uh, you know, since going entering FIU, now leaving. He, he gave a shout-out to Aubrey Hill, uh, rest in peace. He was a former FIU wide receivers coach that unfortunately passed due to cancer. And um, – he was the one guy he mentioned that believed in him, and we wish him nothing but the best. Another down-to-earth dude, as Johnny mentioned. This is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Unfortunately, we never had him on the podcast. He said he's still down to join, so I'm <laughs> down to bring him on at some point. Maybe he wants to make his announcement on here. I mean, he's a cool guy. So, yeah, anything uh, else on your end, Johnny, that you want to mention about Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think he he said a cool story. I mean, for a guy that came into FIU – you know, obviously the tragedy with his wide receiver coach and, and Aubrey Hill passing away, but he kept working and kind of went, his name kind of went through the rankings. And all of a sudden, obviously with Tyrese leaving, he had that number one spot and um, he wanted to prove his case of, of what he can do here. And he was unstoppable. I know we talked about it. We think of Tua Tyreek. Well, he had Kevon and Chris Mitchell. That was our Tua Tyreek. No, number one. And it, it was perfect. It was a perfect, it was a perfect, you know, duo. Um, And uh, yeah, just, Congratulations to him. He worked definitely hard to get this record um, and, and, and the, the way he did it. I mean, I think the big one that stands out to us is how he played against Arkansas. I mean, that's an SEC team, and there's guys on that team that are probably going to go to the NFL. And defensively, he played tremendously. And I think a lot of the times we saw Chris Mitchell as a guy that was a burner. He can he can run past you, but he made some nice catches in that game. And you're like, whoa, this guy's special. And um, he showed out this year. It, it, it sucks that he's leaving, but um, – Nothing the best for him, but you know, I guess that's 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 the world now, you know, with how the portal is. But um, um, you know, it was great to to to, to, to you know talk and and you know, you know, be involved with covering Chris Mitchell and and, and the team these past couple of years. But uh, yeah, good luck to him. But um, you know, just tough to tough to see him leave as well. Yeah. Yep. Jake, anything else you want to add before we go into a couple names? I just want to throw out there for you know FIU and some names that have already been offered for FIU. No, I, I I just sort of uh, agree with Johnny. We we haven't spoken to to Chris much, or or, or at least I haven't. But you know, from what I, from what he I, he did tell me, um, he's he's a cool guy, man. He's down to earth. He's just part of a really great receiving core. And, and again, it sucks that that he, that he made the decision, but got to got to completely respect him, man. He has he has pro league aspirations, and you know what? I think he's got the talent to do that, man. Uh, so, best of luck to him. You muted yourself, Jake. You're muted. We wish him the best of luck. That's all I'll say. All right. All right. Let's quickly go into it. 
FIU transfer portal, obviously the biggest need right now for this team is depth at the offensive line position. Not only have they did three out of their three starters, two of them are no longer with the program, or one one is suspended for a full season, so they will not have him for next season until the very, very end where he could redshirt. One of them left the program, and the other one is in, was injured. So we'll have Travis Burke back. John Bach is suspended for a full season, and Jacob Peace is no longer with the program. Wishing them all the best, wishing – Travis Burke, a quick recovery. I know he had a boot on his leg uh, against that in that Western Kentucky game. So aside from that, that's the biggest need right now. A um, couple guys that stand out, really can't name any right now. There's so many guys that are entering the portal. This is my first full season looking at how the portal works and looking at this type of stuff. But the one thing I've been doing a lot, and I've been doing a lot of deep diving, is who did FIU offer coming out of high school? And that's what I've been doing. And if they offered out of high school and they're still kind of a three-star in the portal, and that's kind of what I look at. I look at the 247 transfer portal uh, star recruits, and that's kind of how I've been doing it. Obviously, you and Johnny, Jake and Johnny, you guys have been here for a lot longer than I have and been doing it. How do you guys look at who is a possible target for this FIU team right now? Obviously, hard to see someone like an Avery Huff come every once in a while. Well, FIU's recruiting abilities, they, they have some tricks up their sleeve, man. Um the fact that, of course, they are in the 305, one of the night, one of the nicest cities in the country. No, no state tax. The weather's nice. They have a lot of recruiting benefits that they that they um, that they have that they have used. Right, um, Mike McIntyre has made it a, a priority to to ha- have recruiters go all over the state, not even just South Florida, but also Central and Northern Florida, the peninsula as well, because there is hidden football top uh, talent all over the state, man. So. Um, they're, they're going to go far and wide to get their town. Of course, they're going to look to other schools and, and, and high schools all over the country if they can. But rest assured, South Florida talent in, in football is always some of the best in the in the country. So that's why they target it so much. So they, they, they've been in it, they've made strides in getting some like the, the three stars and the four stars. Right. We, we saw that with with um, with with. Jenkins out of Miami Central. This FIU loves Miami Central, man, and I, and I don't blame them. That that school produces a lot of, of talent for the collegiate level. So there's yeah, there's a lot of things going for them. Of course, they have they they there's a lot of universities that in Florida as well that they have to compete with. And this is one of the younger programs in in college football period. So they don't really have a lot of uh, achievements compared to, of course, a team like uh, like Miami. But they still have to compete with them anyway. I think that overall they're doing a they're doing a, a solid job, especially if they can keep finding pieces like Jenkins to build their future. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they what they do this offseason because there's a lot of options. Yep, a lot, and there's going to be even more as we get closer and closer to not only signing day but the start of the season. Jake, what is the one thing that Jacksonville State did that stood out to you when they what that they did all season long, and that comes with their quarterbacks. Yeah, they ran that they they ran that dual threat two quarterback system. When one quarterback went down with an injury, the other stepped in, put up insane numbers, and now every now and then they'll take a quarterback out, put the next quarterback in for a specific kind of play that that he that he ex- excels at, and uh, combine that with a fierce run, with a fierce running game, some damn good receivers, and one of the best offensive lines in the conference. And it's no wonder why Jacksonville State deservedly is going to a bowl game. Alrighty, I'll stop you right at the first thing you said. Dual dual quarterback system. Why doesn't FIU do that, man? I mean, you're seeing that more and more in Conference USA. We saw it a little bit with Western Kentucky at that final game. Jacksonville State. With this, Kevin. You know where I'm going with this. Zion Turner, UConn quarterback, entered the transfer portal. 
He is a he is a Florida guy. He is a Fort Lauderdale guy. He is buddies with Kiwan Jenkins. He was heavily offered by FIU last time. That is a name to keep an eye out on. I mean, you're not only bringing in more competition to an already stacked quarterback room that already has Chaden Peary, Hayden Carlson, Zachary Waters, and Kiwan Jenkins. You have a chance at running a dual threat quarterback system with two dual threat quarterbacks. Zion Turner led. UConn in 2022 to a bowl game. I mean, no one can forget about that. He he entered for an injured player and injured starting quarterback, and he led them all the way. He did not make a start this pat. He only made two appearances this season. He enters the portal, and he has a very good shot at maybe coming back to FIU. He will get a lot of playing time, still has three years of eligibility. Why doesn't FIU try that two-quarterback system? Oh, that, that was actually a question. Uh, that was a, that was a mean, question. It was a rhetorical question that you guys showed. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, why not, man? It's uh, if, if you just want to copy the type of system that Jacksonville State's doing, it's not a bad decision because Jacksonville State is a great system that uh, FIU can look into. But I don't know. The dual threat quarterback system, it doesn't work that well in professional football. It's rare to see it in the NFL. I think the Saints did it for a while with like uh, Taysom Hill and like Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Yeah. But aside from that, you don't really see it much in the NFL. In college, you do see it every now and then, but I don't know. I think uh, when you look at the top 25 of college football, the teams like Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, they don't really run that system. They uh, are not in the top 25. They want to be in the top 25. And the, so you Jeff can't Jay. look and see what all the other teams are doing. If Look, if you want to – if you want to experiment with that in 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 the uh, in the spring and summer practices, see if that really works. Just let let McIntyre cook, let him cook up something nice in the quarterback room. Because obviously, you do want competition to go with Jenkins. It, it, it would be ignorant to say that. Oh yeah, Jenkins is for sure the guy for next season. I, I would like him to be because because uh, he's cool. But um, yeah, I, I would not be opposed to getting that quarterback from UConn and uh, just uh, going from there. Uh, if if a dual if a dual threat quarterback system works, then you know what I'm all for it. It's just something I'm not super familiar with here at FIU, so I I, I don't know whole a whole lot about it. Yeah, I mean, and I mentioned dual quarterback because I find it hard to see them just bench Kiwan for a full season, especially with how quickly they 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 just cut the loose short. You know how short the leash was with with Grayson, so that's just the only way I see it. I mean. Man, you look at Jacksonville State did it. New Mexico State did it with, I believe, Eli Stowers. He was their QB there as well. He ran a couple plays for them here or there. I mean, and Zion Turner has three years of eligibility. He did not. He only he redshirted his sophomore season with, with UConn. I mean, why not? And this is a name I was told to keep an eye out on. I mean, FI, this guy went 37-2 and two at St. Aquinas High in his high school, man. Like, 37 and 2. It's not Kiwan Jenkins undefeated, but you know, two guys that are good never for lost. Huh? He, you know, I'm just saying Jenkins never lost, bro. Jenkins That's never like, lost, but carries a lot of weight. Yeah, but I mean, again, you gotta keep in mind. I mean, it's just something I want to throw out there. It's just you know a, con- a yeah. fun, cool idea. Okay. Another Florida guy I want to mention, and this is a cornerback also from UConn, Malik Dixon. This is a name that I was told to look at very early on. And this guy ended the season with one interception, 43 total tackles, 22 solo, 21 assisted, played eight games. But uh, looking at his sophomore season, he only played eight games. But this time he played 13 games, including that bowl game. 90 total tackles, 41 assisted tackles, 49 solo tackles, and two um, interceptions. This is a team that needs depth at the defense as well. I mean, you are losing to Daniel. You're losing a couple guys over there. 
you would like to bring in another big time corner and that makes a lot of sense he is entering the, the portal he is a florida guy i believe i want to make sure he is he is an orlando florida guy so makes a lot of sense and this guy went to high school at Wakivia. wakivia never heard of that one but okay. hey i do not i do not mind that i do not mind that at all yeah Alrighty. And you know, and, and then there was a UM receiver. I forgot his name. So we have five minutes. We're gonna wrap up here real quick. We've <laughs> spoken a lot of football, surprisingly, but wanna wrap we up. We needed this. Time. We needed this, bro. We uh, we had alluded to it by the way in the uh, post game show for Western Kentucky, man. Yeah, we did. So we like all righty, real quick, basketball, FIU lo- loses to FGCU 68-65. Tough loss. They were leading by 15 into the half. And um, they just struggled, man. There's no other way to put it. Going from one half to another, it was just straight struggles for FIU. Um, that's, not the, that's not the point. The point is Arturo Dean yeah. got an FIU record. And, yeah, and good for him. I, I that was a double double. Record. One of yeah. the cooler double-doubles I've seen. 11 exactly. steals, let's, 13 let's points. Let's not talk about the loss. The loss but we have to talk about the record. loss because this is the pause of podcast. FIU now at 2-7 and seven on the season. They, they're, they're tough. I, I'll give it to them. They've played a very – oh, my God, Johnny. They've played a tough <laughs> non-con schedule, and I'll give them that. We'll wrap it up here. We have a very cool interview with FIU Baseball's own Logan Rundy. He is a pitcher from Iowa. Uh, he spent two years at uh, Ju- Juca, I believe, and he now heads come, he comes over here to FIU where he made a pretty good lasting impression on me, and I, I wanted to get him on quickly. Just talk a couple things. Baseball, just coming to FIU, really – get to know the kid a lot more he's a really cool guy very down to earth dude as i think that's what we've mentioned a lot a lot of guys here today but yeah we're looking to bring on a lot more guests on the podcast we're just going to keep growing and growing um you know now with yes, you know, football we will have a lot more podcasting hopefully get to episode 100 before the end of uh <laughs> we'll, we'll have a little more than 50 left but we'll probably get to episode 100 pretty soon we're kind of ripping through a lot of guests here and a lot of podcasts this is one that we needed here i, I like yep. these when it's just us three and uh Jake, Johnny, any last words before we quickly wrap up here? Because we need to fit in this interview. I would say pack the cage, but it's a little too late for that. So pack the bank, support the basketball teams, head to their matchups. And uh, yeah, man, as uh, what else can we say except, I don't know, maybe a little. A little pause up. A little pause up. Alrighty, we are joined here by Logan Rundy, pitcher for FIU Baseball. Logan, thank you for the time. I want to talk to you about that transition going from Iowa here to FIU. Just talk to me. What made FIU, I guess, such an attractive destination for you to come here? Uh, I think it was kind of always a plan with me and my family. Uh, I was uh, going to go to a two-year college in Iowa, and you know, I always wanted to just go down south and play baseball down south because – I'm kind of sick of throwing in the cold. So, uh, yeah, I think it was always kind of a plan to go down south and play my last two years of eligibility uh, after my junior college baseball. So I definitely wanted to go south, but I didn't know it was going to be this south. So, But I right when I got on campus, uh, I loved the visit. It was, it was snowing in Iowa when I took my visit, and I came down here in shorts and T-shirt, and I was like, Wow, this is pretty sweet, and uh, I really like the coaches on the visit, and then it ultimately just became the spot for me. So, what's it been like? I mean, obviously, you've already practiced with the team for a good amount. You had that world. You guys had the the World Series. You played in a couple of scrimmages. What's the experience been like with this team? Um, I the experience has been really, really fun. Probably uh, one of my most fun falls uh, out of my three for sure out in college. Um, so by far, all the dudes are great. 
Um, everything's going awesome, honestly. I, I love it here. FIU is awesome. Talk to us a little bit about, I guess, your, you know, the, the the type of pitcher that you are. We know you have that. I think it's, a, I think it's the slider. We saw it. We saw it there yeah. during the uh, the World Series. Just take us through kind of your pitch arsenal and the type of pitcher that you are. Um. So in my arsenal, I have a four seam sinker, curveball, slider, changeup. So, um, I throw a pretty good amount of all all of those, honestly. So I, I mix it up. Probably my MO as a pitcher is just going after people and making them hit my best pitches and uh, trying to just be a strike thrower and compete out there, basically. Just try to get weak contact and uh, do it as many as uh, as least amount of pitches I can, you know, kind of just go fast. And then, yeah, I definitely use my curveball a lot. And then, I, yeah, I throw, I throw my curveball a lot for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I just like to go out there and have fun. I guess from the from the um, scrimmages that you've done, I know you've done a couple, and then obviously that World Series, which you could say the general public was able to see kind of what set out to you about this FIU team. Definitely looks a lot better than what we saw last season. The outfield is completely new. You had to go up against a couple of them. I believe you give up a homer to Keyshawn there. Uh, just talk to us about you know that experience and what are you seeing from this team thus far? Uh, I think the team looks really, really good. I think uh, there's a lot of competitors. There's just a lot of great guys, and I feel like – uh, one big quote that uh coach really kind of stuck out, stuck out to me, stood out to me, was uh we we're not gonna put out the best nine play, players, uh but we're gonna we're gonna put out the nine best. So like I thought that was uh well I think I said that wrong. He, he wants the best nine together rather than the, just the best nine overall players, and I think any kind of uh. Any kind of group, like with all the guys, they're all going to be the best nine. Like all the dudes are really, really good. They're great guys. I think overall as a baseball team, like the sky's the limit. I think we're going to do really good. Have you been told that if you're going to be a starter, reliever, have you been told kind of the spot you would be put into this year? Um, I'm not really really sure exactly as of now, but I mean, it it doesn't really matter what role any pitcher or anybody has, like, we're going to be throwing at 60 feet, six inches, and we're just going to go go from there. So, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know what I'll be doing, but I just know that I'll be pitching at the same same length and I'll be throwing to the strike zone. So it doesn't matter too much, but, <laughs> but yeah. No. Sure. I want to talk to you. This is a conference that isn't very easy, obviously. I mean, a lot of newcomers in here, Liberty's coming here, Jacksonville State, some pretty good teams. Just what have you seen from the conference? Have you ever faced any of those teams ever in, in the conference or? Uh, no, no, I'm not too, uh, I've never, I haven't faced any, any of the people cause I was just at a junior college, Okay. but I mean, I think the biggest thing is don't let the name beat you before. I would say they're all humans. Like they're all, they all bleed blood. They're not invincible. I would say that you just, uh, just go out there and do your best. I mean, what, what else can happen? Yeah, exactly. So I do want to talk to you about just kind of like the transition from Iowa to FIU just. How did junior college help you get to FIU? What what did you learn there that you could kind of use now? Um, I think junior college is one of the best routes that you can take in baseball. Personally, I think that going to I went to different Western first year, Kirkwood my second year. We good? No, oh, yeah, you're kind of not a little it's, bit. So, uh, am I good now? Yeah, I can hear you now. 
Okay, okay. Um, I would say the the biggest thing that junior colleges teaches or taught me and teaches people is how to get through the long days. Like we're there on weekends. We're we're going double headers. Like we're at the baseball field for eight to ten out, like eight hours. But like we're there every day. And practices are are crazy in the fall. Like junior college falls are they definitely get you ready for anything. Like I remember multiple times when we'll, we'll have 10 plus inning scrimmages, like they'll, they'll get you prepared for the long days. And, and back, back here is, uh, it's like, it's 40 degrees. You're sitting out there. It, it prepares you for the long day. I would say that junior college really prepared me to be a, like a person and a baseball player. Cause if you go through some tough stuff, like you're going to go through a lot of a lot of things that are a little easier, and you're going to keep going, you're going to keep battling. But I was definitely fortunate with the two junior colleges that I chose and played for because both of those coaches were amazing. They both are winning coaches. Uh, they helped me out. They're one's more laid back and care for the players. One is more like very strict, very very hardcore. And I thought getting uh, a little, little bit of both of that is uh, was great for me. So, and then I come down here, and I can expect, I'm gonna expect either or. I can, I've done both. I think both of those junior colleges really helped me out, developing me as like a human and uh, just a baseball player. So I thought I was very well prepared to come guess, down. Yeah, go looking ahead at the schedule for you guys this year. You guys, not a very easy one at all. I mean, the non-con just looks difficult as it is. Notre Dame, you guys have Iowa, Miami for four games. Just Kind of for you, what stands out about the the schedule? If you've been able to see any of it, and obviously, you know, the 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 conference games aren't as easy either. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to a couple away games because my old coach uh, at Iowa Western is actually the head coach at Western Kentucky, oh, nice. and so I'll, I'm looking forward to going up there. It's gonna be at Western Kentucky, so it might be cold a little bit for the other guys, but. Uh, and then obviously coming back home to Iowa, I think I'm really, I'm really excited for that, but no, I'm excited. I'm excited to play every game though. I think it'll be awesome for sure. I guess for you, for you as an athlete, you know, we see FIU football, we're seeing basketball take on these five, these power five teams. You guys obviously are going to do it with a couple of it. Just, I guess as an athlete that's in G5, how does that kind of help you guys? And does, do you see any increase in competition, any difficulty, there or just the experience of being able to play in a power five school or against the power five school. Yeah, I think, I think it's definitely awesome. Like playing against these bigger schools. And I think that's like a true challenge is because if we want to, if we want to be the top of conference USA, or we just want to compete at the best we are, I think we need to give ourselves a challenge and see where we're kind of set out across all of the, all of the conferences. And I think, once we like just go up through like a big task of a power five school and we can kind of see what we're made of and maybe readjust if we have to, or just keep going. I think that'll be a good test for sure. What stands out to you about this pitching group that you guys have this season? I think there's plenty amount of leaders. Um, I think there, yeah, there's leaders all around lead by example, lead vocally. I think there's the older guys really took the younger guys and the newcomers, uh, from the beginning of the year, I think that there's just a great core. I think uh, everybody has good morale around on the pitching staff. Everybody's a great guy. Everybody is fun to be around, and I think 
that that is really nice because if you're at, at a field for like a couple a couple hours a day you're, you're gonna want to have some fun so all the dudes are really really lighthearted and they uh they like to have fun but they all know when to flip the switch and when it's time to work so i i love the pitching staff the pitching staff is gonna be really good and really big for us this year for you having to go, you know, obviously from one school to another, there's obviously a lot of changes, including yeah, having yeah. just the new catchers. Just what has it been like working with guys like Roni? And you guys, Ronnie Medina there, Patelli, just working with those guys and McKenzie as well. Yeah, I, I love my catchers. My catchers are my guys for sure. Uh, if, if they're they're going to work for me way harder than I'm probably going to work. So I always love to, love to give those guys a good time. Uh, you know, I always look out for the my catchers. I, I love all the catchers. They're all great to throw to. They always work so hard. The catchers are, are doing way harder work than we are. So I the catchers are doing great. Catchers are doing great. I want finally as we wrap up here, just what are your goals for this upcoming season? Obviously, you guys look really good during the the, the World Series. You guys look real good during the practices. Just this this looks like a team to be reckoned with pretty soon enough. Obviously, a lot of power was added to this team, a lot of pitching as well. What's what? What are your personal goals, and obviously, what what are the goals for the team? Um, for the team, I would say, um, I just think that we should all we should be the best team that we we can be ourselves. I would say we just want to push our limits and be the best that we can be every day. And I I think we can just do the best, be the best that we can. Um, I don't think we should uh put ourselves up against other people because I think that's when distractions maybe start to happen. I think we had a really, really good fall, and I am really interested how everybody gets back to work in the spring because, you know, f fall really doesn't – I mean, it matters for sure, but I think we're going to all come together in the spring, and I want to see the same work work ethic from everybody. I think uh, I think everybody's going to do it, and um, I think our goals is just be the best team that we can be every single day. And uh, – not get complacent if we're doing good or not get frustrated if we're doing bad. I think if we just stay, stay steady every time, I think that we'll be able to be a really good team and really hard to beat actually too. So uh, I don't really have to like some personal goals is just uh, just be the best person and baseball player I can be. I mean, I, I try to keep most of my things simple. So I think if I can do the best, if I can take off, take care of business on and off the field, I think everything will be good. So. Last one. I, I want to ask you about the fans. Obviously, you've been to a couple of these sporting events. Just what have been your thoughts about, I guess, the FIU faithful, the fans going out to a lot of these events? Obviously, yesterday with, with basketball, there were a lot of guys, you know, big fan turnout. Obviously, for baseball, it could, it could be – it looks like the same most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's awesome, like, uh, just because I'm not around – I'm not from around there. And, I like, to have such a big community following you, it really – helps you keep going and it's super exciting playing in front of brand new faces all the time, seeing new people. It's exciting for the players. You just get to see like, wow, these people actually care. Like they want to come watch you. They, they care about you. And it, it's a really good feeling. I think that if you go out and see new faces and new people and returning people at baseball games or any other sporting sporting events, I think that's awesome for the player. I think the player, we, we really appreciate it for sure. I mean, it's awesome to see people come and show up and support you guys for sure. All right. And we're going to wrap it here. Logan, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Wishing you all the best of luck throughout the year. And I think you guys are really going to kill it this year. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me.